Hello? Sorry. Hello? Now I've got Wait, to remember what, what we're doing again. Hello? Chloe, is our, is our contribution to popular culture a train wreck? I don't know. Sure. It's a pretty sexy train wreck. Wait, what are we doing? Yeah. I had no Wait. idea this was going to be the podcast that would get us all going. Hello, comedian Chloe Black. I think you're funny. I want a hysterectomy. <laughs> or or you can laugh, me. either so, or. <laughs> Hello. Wait, what, what are we doing? Hey, yeah, I'm here. Comes with a free bottle. Right. <laughs> anything goes. Oh, anything goes. I love that song. Let it, let's get right up in that lap, Chloe. Ooh, yeah. Hello. Uh, hello. 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 How's it going? <laughs> yeah, good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's um, good. You're right. Do we, do we want to have a quick pre episode debrief? Are you okay? Is everything all right? I think I'm all good. No, no, I think I'm all good. And, um, Doing recording after school pickups always a little bit challenging because um, I can sort of do as much as possible to meet my son's needs before we start. And so he's got food. He's yeah. had a cat. He he should be fine. He might be all sugared up and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no, no, I'm all good. Actually, um, I finished my book. I read another Leanne Moriarty. I read Nine Perfect Strangers, and I finished it today, and that was great. Oh, wow. Someone recommended that as a show. Um... Oh, I like her books. I really like her writing. She's just such yeah, a good really. writer. Um, and not to, not to say that her books don't turn into really good TV series and stuff, but there's something really wonderful about creating the world in your mind and then... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I can see why people, uh, you know, have that... There's that playground fight over, oh, the book is better, oh, the film is better. It's like, well, whichever one <laughs> communicates the most to you is your favourite. Yeah, there's plenty of room on the monkey bars for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Except objectively, the book is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just we're just in the book is better playground. <laughs> I think it would be really good if people weren't allowed to see the films until they'd read the books, but that's a totalitarian nanny reading state, so we can't go there. <laughs> they have to fill out a questionnaire. <laughs> COVID vaccine stat, like you have to show. Yeah, show children. us your book certificate. Oh, and what that on? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there should be, like, maybe two separate screenings. Oh, now we're getting into real, like, totalitarian t- territory. But, you know, you like screen- one screenings for those who've read the book and those who haven't or <laughs> something. It can be quite upsetting. Have you found that if you've read a book and you know what happens and then they change it in the movie and you yeah, freak yeah. out? Yeah. Or they cast it wrong? I really don't like it when they cast it wrong because movies are so much about pretty people and pretty people are so boring. Yeah. Well, there's this, you know, like, um, you know, some missed opportunities. Like, there's like, um, the Dark Tower film, which is seriously just basically the movie studio saying, we have this property for only a few more months. We better make something with it. Was that the or film? Else. It's like a Stephen King adaptation. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of the, his dark materials. Ah, okay. No. I, yeah. no. Something yeah. with the word dark in the title. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dark but, horse, um, yeah. Fire, it's like, fire, whatever. As a diehard fan of the books, I watched the film with lots of anticipation oh. and also lots of kind of like uh, generosity. I was like, okay, well, let's see what they do with it. And I was like, beat after beat, I was just like, oh, God, what a wasted opportunity. <laughs> like, you it know. makes it painful, doesn't it? 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. You'd be better, like, yeah, ignorance is bliss on that score. You don't want to know what opportunities have been wasted. But before exactly. we get too far down this rabbit hole, which is obviously very, very deep, uh, yeah. because we have a lot of feelings about this stuff, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've uh, finished my two and a half weeks of school holiday parenting. And so. Um, well done. Hats off. Sort of a bit, bit Still alive. Free now. I'm like, um, my girlfriend's coming over later and we're probably going to hang out a lot. So it's going to be good. <laughs> and, um, kissy, kissy, kissy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate stuff like that. I would, I would give anything to be kissed and I'm just jealous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a bit overrated. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm trying to undersell it, aren't I? No, yeah. it's fine. It's fine because I've actually, you know, I've realised I'm comfortable with it enough. It makes it tricky though, because just any old thing won't do. And yeah. I do. I, I really like liking someone, and at the moment, I've got a lot of good relationships, like good friendships and. Good relationships mm. with my exes and good relationships, fairly good relationships with my kids at the moment. Um, yeah. But I don't have that butterflies. But I, because I am so messed up for various reasons, the butterflies quickly turn into dragons for me, and I'm just obsessed. Yeah, right. I go mental really when I when I fancy someone. So yeah, I mean we've talked about this before, but mm. I think it's I've had I had a bit of a breakthrough actually today on the phone with my psychologist. Okay. And, uh, I'm not sure if I really want to talk about it, <laughs> but it was like um, it was a it was a good kind of full circle. And reading Nine Perfect Strangers really helped. Yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I really liked. Yeah. It. I feel like I've just spent time in a good world. It's like you remember how grumpy I was when I was reading that other book that we that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, right. I think I do remember. Yeah, I was just You're curious bit... with everybody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been very generous in my mind lately, and I would put it down to the book environment that my head's been in. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Like, you know, I have a, a book that actually does what it says on the tin and provides some escapism or at least a sense of, Oh, you know, there are other things out there. This is good. <laughs> well, actually, that's really interesting because just yesterday there was a Twitter space um, run by Booktopia, which is like an online book purchasing thing, which is quite good. I like mm. book depository as well. But um, Yeah, I think I've used both of them yeah, before. They had the Australian writer Anna Spargo-Ryan on talking about her book about trauma, and she was saying, you know, like she really didn't want to write a book that was like punching the reader in the face like she wanted to make sure that even when she was writing about trauma that it would be enjoyable and she had the loveliest voice I think she would make a great guest if ever she wanted to come on I don't know yeah, how to ask people though Chloe I really am not good at it I think I come over as like creepy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah I mean it's just sort of about that finding that balance if a person was uh, seeing the invitation they've got to make those assessments about you know who we are whether we're like worth venturing towards or something? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. And get, I guess, yeah. yeah. We, all can't, we all can't get picked at the dance. <laughs> so, so. You know, and I don't, I, don't, I'm, I don't mind if people don't want to do it, but what I don't like yeah. is feeling like they wouldn't consider it even for a second because we're awful. And I just don't, I mean, I know that that's obviously a really worst-case scenario way to imagine yeah. it. 
But you've just recently um, been on another podcast, you hussy. Sorry. <laughs> Are you allowed yeah. to talk about it? I am. I am. It was a Patreon only podcast, so it's kind of like not. I mean, who knows? Hey, Josh Earl is a fantastic podcaster. Very funny makes man. Some really, makes some very good content, and his Patreon is full of yummy goodies. But he's doing this wonderful podcast at the moment. One of them is on Spotify, which is Hit Machine. Um, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. It is 100% hits. And he's going through every 100% hits compilation from the 90s. Those are like um, those hit albums that come out over the summer or used to come out on CD so that you had all the bangers for your New Year's party or whatever. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. There were these compilation albums that came out. And, and they like, snuck in some real stinkers on those sorts of compilations. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my God, some of the exactly. spill attacks. And so okay. there was um, – and, yeah, he has a like a kind of sister podcast that he – does for his Patreon, which is called, which is about the CD compilations hit machine. Um, and so, yeah, they kind of run in town. Is he an obsessive type person? He, I guess he might be. He's definitely a music fan. I mean, he hosted Spicks and Specs for that one time. And so, you know, I think he's I definitely. Do do that. I remember thinking that was, that was a waste of him. And that was also a waste of the other girl who was on it, Ella Hooper. She was really good. And, you yeah, know, right. Once they've got a formula working, you can't really recast something, can Well, I don't know. You like the American yeah. Office, which I won't even watch, so who am I to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went and saw a live screening of it, right? Didn't we went to see a live it? recording of it, yeah, and, and yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that experience, but I also got the feeling that I was just too excited. Well, I guess the funny is like, because I grew up around people like this. Like I grew up, my mum was going to drama school and, we, you know, we were make, we were involved in making films and doing theatre and, you know, like stuff like that. I was on the radio since yeah. I was 16. And so I tend to get very excited and I expect other people to recognise that I'm one of them. And they're right. Yeah. And I'm clearly on the other side of the fence and I hate that. I really, really find that yeah. uncomfortable. I'm not, I don't like being on that side. Yeah. I can't remember like you you weren't one of those vocal audience members, were you? Oh, no, out of respect for you, I think you, you told me not to be. You actually specifically <laughs> looked at me and went, Now don't do that thing that you sometimes do and I said, What thing? And that's when I found out that you noticed that I'm like that. And I was like, Oh Yeah. yeah my okay. cursed my cursed luck with bringing bringing non comedians. No, to- well, no, you know what? I'm not standing for that anymore, Chloe. I am a comedian but not a professional one. I'm an amateur comedian. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's right. I'll I'm almost ready. That. I'm almost ready to come out of the comedian closet. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Of <laughs> I have to grow my hair out. Really? Is that long hair is a sign of a comedian? <laughs> oh God, no. There are just a few things I would like to get right before I venture into it. But I mean, yeah, sure. That could be taken as a sign that I don't know if I'll be any good, and I don't. I don't know if I'll be any good. I have no yeah. idea. Well, nobody knows, and I think everyone that's what is kind of challenging and fun about stand up is that I'm trying to write a brand new show, and I have to learn that forty percent of it might not be good, <laughs> and so that's the kind of challenge. I think I can kind of trust my funny bone only so far, and then I have to um, just venture forth and leave the leave the safety of the shore and like paddle out there with my jokes and see how I go. <laughs> So I love this idea. What's your process like when you're writing a new show? And, and by a whole new show, do you mean that you can't use anything that you've said before? Well, there might be things. There are, there are jokes that are only three months old 
that I've been doing around the scene that have been getting good traction. And so I'll keep those. But um, trying to write a show that has, you know, at least a minimal amount of my two other shows because there are there are bits in my shows I'm so proud of and I go, not enough people have seen this. Yeah. And I go, come on, another go. Like it's just if you add it all up, it's probably 14 minutes of material. They can see through this again for the people who haven't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then but, there's that, you know, there's that idea that a comedian should be being funny on the spot spontaneously even if it's deeply scripted. You know, that suspension of disbelief is really important in comedy, I think. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I I heard a really interesting, like, um, piece of advice. Um, And I've lost, forgotten who who it was, but someone had said this thing, which is what, it says material is what you do when you're not being funny. Or while you're being funny. Material is what you do while you're being funny. So, like a recipe, you know, like you can always fall back on a recipe if you suddenly feel like maybe this food is getting a bit adventurous and you're not sure how to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can always go like, go, oh, you know, what did one of my friend of mine say? He said, oh, he was writing a new show and he said, oh, there are a few islands in there. <laughs> and the islands were like, you know, obviously safe havens that were tried and true and tested and, you know. Oh, not like it. Ireland, Scotland, Wales, like islands. Yeah, I-S-L-A. Oh, my God. And do you you know what? Do you ever, I mean, how do comedians feel in general about the idea that somebody might have already come up with a joke, that it's been done before and they didn't steal it from you, they came up with it on their own? Well, there's parallel thinking, which is a kind of like a a modern, you know, a kind of descriptive term that people use. And it's a double-edged sword because it can be that, yeah, you've thought of a similar thing, or it can also mean that the joke is too much of an easy get and so everyone yeah. has thought of it. Like, um, well, there's, you know, post-COVID, there's a glut of comics who all say, oh, yeah, finished Pornhub. Um, oh, right. So it's, it's, yeah. the, it's sort of the REM level of the collective subconscious. Um, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Like there's some, of the personally tailored joke. It's just, you know, how you sent me that link the other day to someone making what I consider to be my Coolio joke because I've been doing it for literally 20 years. Like I came up with it ages ago back when my mum used to talk about how how dishy, that's her word, how dishy (laughs) Coolio Iglesias was. So I was really familiar with the the phonetics of it. And then when Coolio came out, it just flowed. I was like, yeah, and then I would go oh. glaciers, and then <laughs> that oh, I totally up on the TV. Totally when someone else, um, like, either beats you to it, or you realise that somebody else has, has dropped, has popped onto the same thing, it can be it can sting a lot. It's <laughs> really like having lemon juice in a paper cut. It really made me want to sort of punch that person, but I realise <laughs> I can't be protective material. But it also makes me really regret all of the all of the opportunities that I haven't taken up to, to get, because I, I do think I've got material in that way. Like I've yeah. got jokes that I've been saying for years. My my aspiration has always been to be in one of those wit compilations, you know, to be quoted. I love that. Yeah. Really? Uh, read through that is pretty good. <laughs> I always think like that is kind of a good benchmark to success. I, I have a whole, I have a little list of benchmarks of success and I kind of think that's a really good one. My other two, my other two go-to ones are one, you if your if your full name becomes a predictive 
um, text or spell <laughs> spell check. <laughs> like if you type into if you type Kurt V into most phones, it'll spell Vonnegut. Vonnegut. Like, yeah. Um, the other the other one is a guest appearance on Sesame Street. <laughs> but like, I mean, surely a lot of that comes down to the tyranny of distance and we won't as Australians get picked up for things like that easily. Yeah, of course. Of course. But what's the Australian but, equivalent? I mean, is it I don't know. Is there an Australian equivalent? I don't, like, think, I don't know whether there is. I don't, I don't think there is because I think I mean uh, maybe <laughs> this, this still, is your life. <laughs> but, but you know like Australia is a great tick in the box for a British or a you know Scottish or an Irish comedian, they go, I'm famous in Australia, I have my own special or I hosted a TV yeah. show, you know, I, yeah. I got to ride around on my bike for six weeks and they paid, Woohoo! you know, like, yeah. it's like, yeah. like, well, and that's actually one thing I really admire about Celia Pacola. Celia Pacola yeah. seems to be good at making, at getting on board with the right thing early on. Yeah, she's, right. She's yeah, got sure. great taste, you know, really great taste. Yeah, yeah. as an actor i didn't realize she was a comedian for a really long time oh wow yeah right because we started what we didn't start together i was a couple of years ahead of her but but you know i watched her start out in comedy and i watched her climb her way up and, you know she has that so, yeah. fantastic snarky australian girl voice though like yeah yeah she's awesome she's really funny and i was thinking as well because i watched you know we we've talked about ros hammond you know like You've got no dignity, mural, and basically all of the women who were in those films, all of the you know, yeah, so many great comedians. But maybe you don't necessarily think about them as comedians until after they've been on Neighbours or something else, and you go, yeah. oh, "Why are you so funny? Oh, you're a comedian." Oh, I find that out. Yeah, oh, yeah. My, actually, I've had one of those moments with an American actress. So there's this lady who I really like. Her name's Mary Lynn. Rask job. I don't know how to say her surname, but if you yeah. have repeatedly watched Sweet Home Alabama like I have, you'll remember her as the lady, the bank teller lady who's getting married to. But that's just pillow talk talking, you know. She's that. She's that one. And I don't yeah. know why, but I really liked her. And I started following her on Instagram not long ago, and she has been doing stand up on and putting it. Uh, she's really raunchy and funny, and I keep going. Yeah, right. oh. Awesome. Little Miss, you were not like that in that movie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, right. What's her name? Rask Jab. Mary Mary Lynn. Hang on, I'm going to look her up because she is really, really funny. And yeah, I'm looking her up now. She's one of those actors who I will watch out for and be really excited to see that she's in something. She was, she was the wife of one of the characters. I think she was the wife of the William H Macy character. Oh, she's in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, and in um, what was that amazing series about with Amanda Seyfried about the um Elizabeth Holmes medical drop the dropout? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, right, right. I yeah, found William yeah. H Macy in the dropout, and, and you know, yeah. it wasn't a fantastic part or anything, but she did. Hmm. She does good stuff with with not a lot, yeah. and I really respect that because they say there's no... I'm looking at photos of her now. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, that she's way, gorgeous and she's great. She does really good stand-up. You, should, what, you mm. should follow her on Instagram because she, she was doing this bit the other day which was about penis size, and it made me think of a conversation <laughs> that you and I have had. It was so funny. She was saying, like, we understand that sometimes you don't want to tell us, you know, this is women 
men don't necessarily want to tell us or lead with it or have to explain. And and she felt like she'd been um, coaxed into this situation under false pretenses. And then he was <laughs> trying to fumble his way through it. And he and he's going, "Is that great?" And she's like, "I can't feel it." Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it, was so, it was so wonderfully wrong and awful and yet like Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very um Yeah, it's funny. There's some people that like um that we never that we forget were stand up comedians. Michael Keaton was a stand up comedian. Oh, that um, makes sense. Yeah, He's and Tom like, Hanks Tom Hanks was a stand up comedian. Um yeah. I mean they're 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 obviously their screen careers have eclipsed any of their output as like a stand-up act. But um, it's funny how they like sometimes stand-up is a springboard, and they miss it once they've landed in Hollywood. I always think. Oh, I totally think it's like the back door to Hollywood. It really is like Whoopi Goldberg as well. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg was brilliant. Well, yeah. actually, you know what? Some one of my favorite films is really um, an early Whoopi Goldberg film, Jumping Jack Flash. And for some yeah. reason, we watched that a lot when I was a kid. I think it's because my mum fancied Jonathan Price, and boy, howdy, did she have a point. What a spunk. He's like the <laughs> yeah. lead actor in Brazil, and then he turned up in Game of Thrones, and he's in something else amazing now. You know, Jonathan Price, yeah. I think he's going to be in the next episode, next series of The Crown as well. He's he's a recognised oh, actor. So beautiful, so talented. And when he was young, just gorgeous. So anyway. He's in Brazil. I love that. He's the main character in Brazil, he's Sam. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I really, we, oh, sorry, I'm getting excited now. I'm talking too much. <laughs> That's all right. We <laughs> like that. We like that. Keep going. <laughs> I was just going to say, he was in a play when I was in London and I didn't, I didn't go to see any theatre when I was in London. I really wish I had. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because yeah. he was in an Edward Albee play, which, um, which I did an El- Edward Albee play as my Year Twelve monologue. Oh, cool! Awesome. It's like an absurdist kind of post Beckett, post Camus American playwright. Yeah, right. Of course, of course. Hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, he's great, and he's a bit cute. He's, he turns up in Game of Thrones a lot. Yes, so he's he's that wonderful, time. judgmental, religious leader. Yeah. You know, the lady who the shame, actually, she was brilliant. Who was that shame lady? What's her name? While you're looking things up, shame, oh, shame. The one who was the, being shamed, Leanna Headley, you mean? <laughs> oh, no, I know Lena Headey and I love her, have loved her forever. She's brilliant. And there's this wonderful bit where Amelia Clark was talking about getting recognised in the street and they're doing this interview and Lena Headey says sometimes people call out bitch and she and Amelia Clark goes, oh, no, and Lena goes, it's all right. I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the way she talks through her teeth. Lena Headey has that wonderful way of talking through her teeth. But no, I mean the the sort of matron nun character who was torturing her and shaming her, walking behind her. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's okay. did That part is the modern day Louise Fletcher. Yeah, right. Just yeah. In that part. I'm trying, to, trying to think of who that was because I, I remember Lena Headey has this fantastic line. In the, she's in a film called Fighting With My Family, which is a strange drama comedy about this female professional wrestler from uh, from um, somewhere in, you know. I'm already you know. so sold. What did you say it was called? Fighting With My Family. Fighting With My Family. I'm going to look that up. 
And Lena Headey has this beautiful line in it. Whenever she's like, surprised in the film, she goes, oh, fuck me dead and bury me pregnant. Which I think so good. I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Maggie Siff. I would, you know, sometimes I find my, my mind going, now, which one are you, Maggie Siff? There's another one who looks similar as well, and she's absolutely gorgeous. And she- so, you know how, like, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, it's okay. <laughs> you know how when you type in something into Google and it just kind of guesses where you're going? Oh, I hate that, but yes. I typed in shame what, and it came up woman Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, that's the kind of result you want. Yeah, the actress, you... Anna Waddingham. Anna Waddingham. What else has she Hannah. done? Hannah? Yeah, Hannah Waddingham. Oh, hello, my goodness. I bet she's, she's been in a million things. Ted Lasso and um, where, have I, where have I seen her before? I her character is called Janella. Fiona Shaw in that way. Everybody loves her, but nobody knows her name or what they saw her in, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love Fiona. What was that book you told us about? You, I know you can't tell where you've seen me. <laughs> that was the Judy Greer book. So she wrote um, her autobiography or memoir was called I Don't Know What You Know Me From, and she was so sweet in it because she talks about this sort of shared shared mission that she gets on with someone who comes up to her and talks to her because she really wants to help them figure it out. <laughs> and she does so many different things, like, like yeah. someone might recognise her because she was this really sad wife character in that amazing George Clooney movie, The Descendants. You might know her because she's the little PA girl that Mel Gibson can hear her thoughts in what women want. You might know her yeah, as right, the best yeah. friend who goes out and gets drunk and does the two-day walk of shame in 27 dresses or whatever. Like it's anybody's yeah. guess what you know Judy Greer Oh, she's wonderful. She's in the rest of development too. She's so good, yeah. And she's yeah, yeah. Team going on thirty, which is you and which is our buddy movie. <laughs> he totally is. That's right. Because I remember, um, yeah, like, uh, I remember seeing this actress from Neighbours, and I saw her at the Punters Club. Um, she was just there, just there, hanging out, doing like Punters Club things back in the nineties, whenever it was. But. I couldn't place her, and I like I just kept staring and going like, "Oh man, she's been around for our place for coffee or something." Or... <laughs> yeah. And you can't think how you know them. And I, I was when I was walking, like doing the tour of the Vatican. I was walking maybe ten meters behind Patricia Velasca. Do you know who she is? Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh, she's so beautiful. She's like so beautiful, and in the flesh, she's even more beautiful. It's crazy. And seeing her kind of upset me because I wanted to go and tell her how amazing I thought she was. But then I thought that's what they don't like about being famous right there, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is I couldn't stop staring. And I kept staring at her in that familiar way. Like I was looking at her going, look at me. Because well, one, one of us will both get it. <laughs> like, if well, she and- looks at me, she'll, re- re- she'll remember where she met me before. So, But she just kept, her eyes kept darting away from me. I'm like, oh, what's her like, story? Thinking- you know, this is you know, this is starting to be creepy, and maybe that's yeah, yeah, that, that that line I'm crossing. Why is that fucking weirdo looking at me like that? You know? And you're oh, you're tempted to go up and just go, "What do you want?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you want from me? Yeah, it'd be really unnerving because I mean, I'm not, I'm in no way famous, but I sort of, I you know, perform to a hundred plus people at a time, and I have people I meet them somewhere, and they're so familiar with me. 
Yeah. And I have to rack my brain and I go, oh, man, why do I feel like an asshole? I don't know who you are. And then it comes out that they've seen me perform a few times and they have this really deep personal connection to they me. They feel um, like they know you. And I'm like, oh, and I'm, you know, I don't have tickets on myself, but it is really weird. It is, can, it is just disconcerting. Hey, um, Georgie, can you not have my door open? I've asked you. We're doing the podcast. Vicky, come in here and Georgie's going to shut the door. Thank you. I had a similar situation that happened, like, I was doing a, like I say, I was on the community radio station back in Adelaide and, you know, like uh, there was sort of the next generation of, of kids, you know, after me. So my friends were like a couple of years older than me and then there were the people my age and then there was this little gap and then there was the next bunch of cool kids doing public radio and they were awesome um, and I was a little bit, like I wasn't sure what to do about them, like whether I should include them in things I was doing or whether I should leave it to the, up to them. Or, And anyway, I was walking down Weymouth Street next to one of them, this very pretty young lad, and, and I suddenly yeah. said, oh, I'm Hermione. And he went, I know. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> do That's about that. Creepy. That's creepy. It was really wow. weird. And it was like, should I have, ex like, I would not have liked to expect him to know that. Yeah, yeah. But also I really kind of understood why people put their glasses on and just get straight into the nearest car. <laughs> just... yeah, yeah, sure. Or just baseball cap, big, huge sunglasses and a hoodie and just, you know. That always funny, like, that, 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 that is just the, the premier celebrity incognito um, outfit. <laughs> And they're always getting fucking Starbucks or toilet paper. What is it? It's like, oh, my God, somebody told me that that was actually a ploy, that you get photographed with a big packet of toilet paper so that they know that you still do your shopping. Yeah, right, yeah. And it be like, you know, oh, my God, she shits just like everybody else. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're human. But yeah, like <laughs> as if anybody who's famous isn't just human. And that's what worries me as well. Like what happens when someone's in the Britney Spears situation where they're actually desperately unhappy, trapped and hedged mm, in? Mm. Like how do you rescue the hostage if the hostage is famous? I think that's an interesting question. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, I look at fame and I look at, you know, and it's interesting because you hear about it, like all the pressures of fame or the um, anxiety or the, you know, people not being able to handle it and stuff. And you, it's, it's a totally alien concept and it's so weird because there's a part of me that goes, well, it wouldn't be all bad. And then I realise, like, you know, you are trapped. Like, you know, you, you think lockdown was bad, just trying to manage, like, wanting to go out and look after yourself in the real world when you either need a body minder or a body card or, like, you know, um, you can't just sit to the shops. It will become, it would be a huge thing. And uh, you might not be that. safe. What's that? you might not be safe and the other people around you might not be safe, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. And that exactly. would suck. And, and that, it is like, you know, being, yeah, being in prison and stuff. So, I was yeah. re-watching Inventing Anna because I had a bit of a craving for it, actually. I was thinking about Julia Garner's performance in that. She's so good. Oh, and I oh, also have watched the first episode um, because Rosaline, which is such an interesting retelling, I want to come back to that because Caitlin Daver who was the amazing young actor, actor who was in um, 
she's in dope sick as the as the girl who works in the mine but she's also oh, yeah. the main one of the main characters in unbelievable oh wow okay she's yeah right. so good. like she's one of those people that just jumps like her presence is so powerful that you find yourself going she's going to be famous she is yeah, going right. to be a huge star and she mm. already is kind of getting there and it's really you know like it's exciting to see it happen yeah for sure exactly. but she's she's in this new show called rosaline which is a retelling of the romeo and juliet story from the perspective of rosaline <laughs> who was who was i'm so clueless who was rosaline oh, sorry. so for for people who maybe um yeah so rosaline so in the in the very early parts of romeo and juliet uh i think it's mercutio who's the Harold Perrineau character from the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet, if that helps you, he's the one yeah. who goes, young hearts run free. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. also, like, he's, he's fantastic. He was fantastic yeah. in that role. But anyway, like, one of the first conversations that Romeo has with Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet is like, so now you're in love with Juliet. A minute ago you were in love with Rosaline. What happened there? And, and then, you know, right. Rosaline's the character that he just ditches when he meets and the way that they have scripted it and thought about it it's like as clever a reinterpretation and a retelling as riverdale is of the archie series they're unrecognizable (laughs) amazing amazing yes i still haven't seen riverdale people people rave about it what zine i didn't say zine um oh series sorry i've been watching a series i thought you said zine because like i mean the Archie comics, I grew up with them. And uh, I knew Betty yeah. and Veronica and Reggie and Moose and Midge and everybody. Like, Jughead. And Jughead, <laughs> Jughead being sexy just completely threw me. I was like, what are you doing to me? Yeah, right. You mean Cheryl Blossom's like a conniving monster? Yeah. Is he the goofball? He's such a goofball in the comics. Is he like oh, the class? He's such a goofball. Yeah. And he's attracted to Ethel. And in the Ethel, in the Riverdale, Ethel character is played by the girl who was so amazing in Stranger Things. Yeah. You yeah. know, like Barb deserved better. What's that girl's name? Shannon. Anyway. Oh, I know Barb. I remember Barb. Yeah. 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 But in the car, in the comics, like Jughead and Ethel looked almost exactly the same, like Goofy and his girlfriend, you know, like they looked almost yeah, right. exactly the same. Yeah. So I have to check it out. There's so much things like I have to catch up on, but I'm seriously starting to feel that. Well, I think I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like TV feels like homework these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And yeah, I hope that I don't contribute to that for you because. No, that's fine. That's fine. It's, I, I, you know, I don't mind. I'm just sort of. When I I think of a show and there's a part of me that goes, oh, I feel really bad. I'm not caught up with that because there's so many things I need to catch up on. And then my brain goes and I go, how easy is this, Chloe? (laughs) Read a book. (laughs) I did that with Breaking Bad. I was like, I'm not into it. I've tried. I don't want to watch this. I'm out, you know. And now everybody's crazy about Better Call Saul. And I'm I'm like, can I watch that without watching Breaking Bad? And they're like, no, no, you've got to go back on. I'm like, I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing is, like, there's this new House of the Dragon show, and I have, like, I'm behind on that, and, you know, I just like to stick to my chicken soup shows. I want 30 Rock and um, Community all over again. <laughs> I've only just been Shit's Creek. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the other thing is I, I really enjoyed that. I watched the first season, but 
I know I haven't reached a tipping point because I know no, no, I know that there's a part in there where everyone's falling in love with the show and it's always yeah. like it, it, there on out it's like a really cool cool show but yeah I I mean I I love David Rose as a character I just love what he's yeah. like and I I love what they did with um so because I watched I finally watched them right through to the end and then I was rewatching. The, the last episode, and then I watched them talking about it. There was this great documentary on Netflix, well, you know, mini, like what would be an extra feature on a DVD? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And um, and it was just them all talking about it. And, I mean, you know what that's like. Like I already loved Catherine O'Hara, and Catherine O'Hara is the mum in, like, Home Alone. She's the mum in the yeah, stepmother really. in Heathers. She's the mum in Orange County. Like yeah, there's so right. many reasons, and that's just that's just those roles that start with is the mum in like in there must be mm. so many more, and then there's all the films she did, the Christopher Guest films, you know, Mighty Wind and yeah. Best and all that, and it's like, and I love Eugene Eugene Levy in them. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a great. I think it's it was a really nice. You should watch the the. Oh, you probably should watch the whole series. I'm not sure. Yeah, of course, I'll get around to it. I'll watch it on my deathbed or something. Like, oh, oh, I want the last and a portable DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, quick, send off a tweet. I loved this show. <laughs> yeah. I want my last words to be, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't anyone tell me? This <laughs> Oh God! Oh Chloe, we've got like a minute left of the free one, and I think that I'm I'm a bit hyper at the moment, and so yeah. if you are, unless you have extra news that you can get through in. But yeah, no, that's fine. My girlfriend's coming over, so I need to really tidy up. Yeah. Lovely, and I'm going to see you soon because you're you're going to be um, yeah. touring. So that's yeah. so good night, Australia. <laughs> Good night, Australia. And, and... see. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.